Just get your your hot dogs. You boil them, and then you just crack an egg on top of them. <laughs> oh that I thought I thought it was going to be you like inject the egg into the hot dog and don't cook it. It's don't just, cook it's it. Just the yolk. Yeah, just eat a eat a raw hot dog with a raw egg, and you're in for a good time. And instead of the bun, you just use a bunch of egg shells. Oh, you guys, mm, guys want to hear a gross, funny story that happened to me yesterday? Yeah. Sure, Thomas Griffin. Uh, so, I, it was around... You probably shouldn't have that in there. I, it's not the first time my first and last yeah. name have been said on this. Thomas day. Griffin is also an extremely common name. Yeah, I, I think it's like the 30th most common name in the United States. And my oh, name is cool. London Hetty. I'm the only person in the U.S. named London Heavy. Come and get me, motherfuckers. I'm, my name is just Egg. This is Joe Boyle. Yep, there I am. That's um, a pretty common name. That's, well, that's pretty common. The, the title of your series is The Boyle Legend. Yeah. So. Shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so there goes that. Uh, yeah, uh, all relation to Danny Boyle, actually, uh, star director of these... Uh, 28 the, Days Later? Yeah, Jim no, actually, I was thinking of his more famous work yesterday. <laughs> oh. It's about, it's about the Beatles. I don't know if you know what the Beatles are. He directed that? That was terrible. I was yeah. so disappointed. Oh, you saw it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we saw it together. It was, oh. uh, I, I, I kind of got exactly what I wanted with it, but man, it was bad. I bet you guys were thinking just the entire movie. You're like, man, I wish I could go back to yesterday, back before I watched this fucking movie. <laughs> hey, yo! Oh. I mean, it wasn't as bad as, like, a lot of movies I watched, so. Yeah. But Even that day, I had seen uh, the third Annabelle film, so. Oh, that it was that day. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, and that, that was just a day full of bad movie. No, well, no, because I saw Toy Story and Spider-Man that day, and I enjoyed both of those. But then the rest were bad. The other three movies. <laughs> so I realized we derailed you. What's your gross story? Oh, yeah, well, hold on. This is Joe. He's joining us today. I'm the egg. Go ahead, Thomas, with okay. your story. So, 2 p.m. yesterday, I'm, I'm up probably a good two hours after I should be, because I got a Nintendo Switch, and it's kind of kept me up. Whoa. And uh, I was feeling a little bit hungry. I got a rumbly in my tumbly, so I went to my fridge. I'm looking for some food. My house has fucking got no fucking food in it. Mm. Like it's You see a rat on the ground. And you go, hmm. No, but I find a package of uh, pepper jack cheese, and it's got a single slice left. And I'm like, score! Pepper jack cheese. One slice, and that's I, enough for me. I even, like, look at it first, because I'm, I'm super cautious like that, and I'm like... But all the spots on it, you just think, yeah, Pepper Jack cheese has spots on it. Yep. Oh. And I tossed that shit in my mouth, and I noticed I was chewing on what tasted like mildew, and I immediately spit that it out. That is extra flavor, that's what they call it. So, yeah. what's your superpower now? Uh, I have the ability to spit Pepper Jack cheese. I have the ability... <laughs> To taste when a piece of cheese has mold on it. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that through this traumatic ordeal, you did not gain superpowers? 
Well, the moldy pepper jack cheese gave me the cheese touch, which uh, molded into my DNA. Okay. So. So you became mold man. Wait, so like the cheese touch like King Midas, so you touch something and it turns to cheese? Or you touch something and it feels like cheese? No, no. matter what you touch, the texture is to you. I, I can spit cheese. That's um, all I can do. Uh, okay. I, I can spit little Why cubes? is it called the cheese slice? Because that of the cheese spit. Well, if I had or just... cheese mouth. I don't know. I It's a Diary of a Wimpy Kid reference. I wasn't thinking too deep into it, you know? And that you there... remind me of that guy. Who? The... The Wimpy Kid. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad you said... Uh, Instead fucking, of... Uh, Rowdy or whatever his name is. The... Who's, Zoe, mama guy. who's the scary guy? Who's like... Nah. I don't Who has know. the is that the one with the cheese touch? Uh the first the first one's the one with the cheese touch. I, I don't know if it got brought back later. It was a gross one. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm wait, sweet. I, I know I'm I know, sweaty the dog. I know what you remind me of. You remind me of the physical book. Have you seen Toy Story Diary 2? Of a Kid? Good. Have I seen Toy Story yeah. 2? Yes. You're like Stinky Pete. <laughs> Please don't say that. Like, 40 years from now, you're going to look exactly like Stinky Pete. And we're going to oh find God. you just in... You're, and you're going to be a prospector. And you're going to be just living in this box. I'm going to be like... to it. Hey, if you guys want to roll in Toy Story 3, uh... And then they're going to cut that scene from the film years later. Uh, because Disney likes to... Do that instead. I don't know. That's a pretty rough scene, man. <laughs> yeah, I no. understand. Per- personally, I have this stance. I like like uh, what like the old like Looney Tunes cartoons do. Being like, hey, this was shitty. Yeah, basically, where they have like a disclaimer where like everything in here doesn't uh, match like the current political climate. Things done wrong were wrong then, wrong now. But you know, yeah, yeah. Be- better to acknowledge it. And, like, look at it as opposed to just try to be like, no, we didn't do that. What the fuck? No, that doesn't exist. We didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, no, when I when I saw that breakout, I, I followed up reading whatever I was reading about that with the clip. And I'm just like, yeah, just a little like, ugh, you know, like, that's a crazy scene to have in 2019, especially after the Me Too movement. Yeah. Uh... I thought you said Mewtwo. <laughs> yeah, so after Mewtwo invaded Hollywood and started killing directors, things got crazy. He's like, I want Detective Pikachu, and I'm gonna be the main... He's the main antagonist of that, isn't he? I'm yeah. I didn't watch it. Um, you, you didn't <laughs> miss much. Uh, it was, that was so bad. I think that's currently like my sixth worst film. From 2019? Oh, gee. What's the third worst film? I don't want to know the last one. I didn't want to know the third one. Let me check. He's he's pulling out a list. Uh, I'm pulling out my list. I've not seen that many movies from this year. Uh, I want to say it might be The Hustle. Okay. That was a bad one. That was a real stinkeroo. I feel like most of the movies I've gone in to see this year, I've been, like, reasonably excited for, so I've always enjoyed them, so yesterday's, like, one of the uh, worst yeah, movies Yeah, it's a hustle year. with Rebel Wilson and uh, Anne Hathaway. Oh. Uh, oh, no, Detective Pikachu is the fourth worst. Okay. Uh, Chris, two out of ten right there. 
I'd probably say because I I don't I'm not like London and Joe. I don't go to the theater to watch bad movies usually. Neither uh, does Joe. Joe Joe Joe, Joe will go. I'm going. Yeah, he'll go if you're going, good or bad. Typically, what I'll do is I'll gauge. I'll be like, do I want to see this? Uh, probably not. So like, I I never like walk. Also, in. I haven't really been doing it anymore. Because I yeah, don't work yeah. in a theater. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, even when I worked at the theater, I didn't do it. I mean, a lot uh, of the times, like, I never, like, I'm searching out for a bad movie. Like, with yesterday, I'm like, this premise is so dumb and crazy. I want a dumb and crazy movie. I didn't care how good or bad it was. I just kind of wanted to see it because it was stupid in concept. And it was stupid in concept and terrible in execution was the thing. And with Detective Pikachu... I've always been a big Pokemon fan. I wanted to see this movie and just see what they were trying to do with it. And it kind of just shit the bed. Yeah. I I can definitely see that. And I I did see that from the second they announced the fucking film. I was like, oof, this is, this is not the one. So I, when the announcement happened, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then the first trailer came out. My immediate thought is like, okay, this is going to be incredible. Or this is going to be terrible. And it ended up being terrible. Yeah. In terms of just, like, movie thing. I think in terms of, like, the actual production pieces, like, I think a lot of the work they did in the Pokemon was passable for a first attempt. And good in some areas. And I think if they try to continue this trend, it can probably get better. And there might be a good movie spawned from this. Should have been called Detective Badoof. Should have been about Badoof. And he shouldn't have talked. There wasn't a single Bidoof in the movie, I think. I would have... I think there was. I don't know. You know what I would love to see? The movie... About Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh live action. Uh, (laughs) Psyduck. Psyduck, yeah. Psyduck was one of the the main Pokemon in the movie. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah. I'd want it to just be 90 minutes of Psyduck just holding his head in pure agony. There's probably about 15 or so minutes of the film that's like... Oh, Those good. are probably the good minutes. But in that 90-minute Psyduck oh. expose, the only audio that's playing is just, you know how Psyduck goes, Psy-ay-ay. Just yeah. him pissing. It's just, it's just him going, for 90 minutes. And at the very end, after credits roll, post credit scene, he says, duck. Finally. I love it. I love it. Don't clap. Just look at those... <laughs> Just fix it in post. Fuck you. <laughs> Lon, here's more work for you. Work, monkey, work. I mean, I dance, my puppet. You you realize I'm also capable of, like, taking some of the You know, fuck you. Them. I want people to think that you, like, just whip me. I mean, okay. Yeah, he edits the episodes with that nice, pretty little you animation. The, you drew the little animation? You're going to have to draw Joe in for this episode? Look, guys, you can see Joe. He's doing a funny little dance. Look at me. I, I think I'm uh, he is vaping. Yeah, he's vaping. It's, look, That's... he's an egg and he's vaping. Are you gonna just, can you draw just him as Humpty Dumpty but vaping? I mean, I, 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 the I already have funny. it all drawn. I just need to animate it. Oh, uh, it's him. Do you have his dick out? I do not have his dick out. <laughs> Uh, right. I don't think YouTube would like that very much. So for the Pornhub release, can we put it with my dick out? <laughs> I, did, I, did not, I did not release the first episode on Pornhub. What's what wrong f- with you? Fuck London. I feel like I could run into some weird areas later on if it's like, yeah, 
you uploaded your podcast to a. It's, I'm just like, no, I'm okay. Why, why would that matter? You just kind of want to be like, yeah, I want to reach nope. an audience. <laughs> nope, too scary. I'm trying to say the bees. Fuck the bees. Yeah. Just kidding. I like bees. Uh, anyway, Thomas J. Griffin, if you want to know more things about him. What's your middle name? Want to reveal it? Uh, you know, I... Is it- you know, I think I think reviewing my full middle name might just be do you want to a little bit your, too. Do you want to read out your social security number? What's your mother's maiden name? What is the name of your childhood best friend or first? Pet? Who was your first teacher? Um, what street did you grow up on? What was the first album I bought? What was the first? Uh, my middle name is Matthew and then also Jones. Thanks for asking. If anyone wants my social security number, it's 317-493-0012. My social security it's number It's not. I'm lying. Is uh 72623 no, I just looked at dates on the posters back okay, on your I'm head. Like, wow, you're missing twice. four numbers or three numbers. Yeah. My social security is uh, 420-6969-123. Beautiful. It's a beautiful All right, now that we've gotten nice and intimate. Thomas, you seen any other movies this week besides the two that we're going to be talking about? Uh, Shout out anything I started watching Crisis yesterday, but I didn't get very far into it. I've already seen Crisis before, but I got uh, that big... What the fuck is Crisis? Uh, it's Ingmar Bergman's first movie. Oh, yeah. You're uh, yeah, I got that giant uh, Criterion uh, collector's set for Ingmar Bergman's movies, and I was going to slowly start like burning through them in like, chronological order that they were released, but I did not get very far on that yesterday because it was like... Like, time to go to sleep. And I was like, I'm gonna go to bed. And then I played uh, Mario Maker for like nice. two hours You're after. Like, I'm gonna draw funny pee pee. I have not made any levels on Mario Maker yet, but I did go to one of uh, Ryan McGee's levels oh, from Super ooh. Mega, and I drew a nice picture of a uh, Peter Griffin. Did you know they're very bad at that game? Yes. Which is okay. Super mega, you're bad. I mean, I, I can't say much because I am also pretty bad yeah. at Mario. I'm 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 like Matt Watson. I'm bad at video games yeah. kind of period dot. So. Yeah. I've seen you play a video game before. Yeah. What's uh, a video game? I'm more of a movie guy. That's why I run a movie pod or why I co run a movie yeah, podcast. Like, what the fuck? Is this? Uh, <laughs> which one of us is the leader here? It's uh probably me. I'm taller. But I'm the shadow investor. I'm the one yeah. pulling the strings from behind the I'm scenes. I'm the officer. Okay, uh, so cry- anything else? Uh, no. Okay. I'm a movie guy. I only watched two movies this week. What the fuck? I mean, I'm my, my I work. I'm working uh, a 40-hour job for the first time in my life. And I'm still you. adjusting. So. I feel you. What about you, Joey? See any movies this week besides the two? Uh, besides the two, there were the movies that we watched from Movie Club, but I, myself, have also been, uh, busy. Nice. Um, I, of the movies, I 
we watched from movie club. Uh, Scott Pilgrim was the most I was interested in, and I was kind of I kind of felt left down with it because just for a while I'd been wanting to watch it. It was actually the last Edgar Wright movie I needed to watch of his filmography. Um, I don't know. Oh, you haven't seen a Fistful of Fingers. That is, I guess I haven't seen all of his movies then. Have you seen Space? I guess that's, I haven't seen all. It's of not. I guess movie. all his like that's a TV series, but yeah, like Edgar Wright and like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's where they all like kind of like stemmed from. Okay. Yeah. No. I I I liked it. It has all the Edgar Wright elements that I always like whenever I watch any of his work. But like, I had issues with like. I don't know, just a lot of the aesthetics and visual things just didn't feel like it works well in, like, a live-action space. They were well done and well used. It just, there was this weird disconnect for me, where it's like, this would work so well if the movie was, like, animated or something else. But, like, live-action and all these things happening around just looks so incredibly jarring and fake to me. Which, fake is obvious because a lot of these things were hyped up for just in the moment things to sell sell moments better. I don't um, I don't know if I like necessarily like one hundred percent agree with you because I think that's part of like the film's attraction. Of course it's your totally, opinion that totally. you're stating. Uh, that's but, that's the thing I was wrestling with is like, yeah, no, it's totally part of this identity. Like all of these things were intentional. I just they didn't jive hundred percent with me. Uh but something that me and Lucero were talking about before we uh like had watched the movie here because uh, we both agreed that there should be an animated series, and they did. Right. Uh, they did these like little animated like prequel bits mm-hmm. uh, where they one like four minute one I think right. I, I think, I think there was like one or two, uh, but they have like the movie cast like voicing the characters, and it's okay. in like the like style of the comics. And mm-hmm. I I think like if like Netflix were to like somehow acquire the rights to it and like were to try to do like a little one season animated series, mm-hmm. it would work really well. Uh, and probably better than the movie, just simply because it has more time to flesh out the story. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, apart from Scott Pilgrim, we also watched Suspiria, uh, the 2018 version. Finally saw it in full. I didn't fall asleep during the last half hour, like the first time we all watched it together. Uh, I still uh, kick myself at that moment because, man, a lot of the things make so much sense in context now. <laughs> so I'm just like... Curious. I think it's a pretty slight. Like, it has a slow pace for some of it, and I'm like, "How do you fall asleep in the last I also, half?" Hour? I also just fall asleep randomly yeah. during movies. Like, like a lot of just like my tiredness just catches up to me, and my body's like, "Hey, bro, you need sleep right now." Question for both of you: uh, Even though they're both like pretty wildly different films, which one do you prefer, the original or the remake? Uh, I'll take the gun to my head instead of choosing between those two. I like them both for vastly different reasons, and I mean, I gave both of them tens on Letterboxd. Like, the only thing that ties those two movies together is that it is set in the original Dark, they're, you know, part of the Mother trilogy if they decide to remake Inferno and Mother of Tears. (gasps) I've, which I am, I would be hopeful for a Mother of Tears remake, I don't know if they would be able to top Inferno, but I didn't think that they would be able to top the original Suspiria, and it pretty much met all my expectations and surpassed them in a couple of areas. Uh, I remember when this one released uh, the remake of Suspiria, I was reading some stuff on a sequel. I don't I don't think a sequel's going to happen. I don't know how well it did financially. Yeah. Uh, a pretty small release, but... But, uh... I think it did well critically enough that, like, A24 might just be like, 
We'll do it. God, if A24 did Inferno, holy shit. Eight, did A24 distribute this experience? Maybe not. I, th- I Maybe thought it was Amazon. Amazon. It was oh, Amazon. Oh, it was. But, like, but uh, even that, like, Amazon's been spending money for, like, critic, more, like, critically stuff. I think like, I think it'd be a smart choice in the long run like, if that's they did want to make a, like, sequel to it. That's why they were pretty happy with, like, Beautiful Boy. Yeah. What a good uh, movie. But I, I, I think I remember reading, uh, don't, don't anyone quote me on this without, like, looking for, like, the article yourself, because uh, I, I don't remember, it's been a few months, but I think I remember reading uh, from the director. <coughs> Luca. Luca. That he had a script or something, right? Or he had... I don't know if he had a script, but he said that, like, if he was to do a sequel, it wouldn't necessarily be, like, a remake of Inferno, but more just kind of his own sequel to yeah. what he established I think I in this film. Which, I mean, I'd be down for that. Yeah, like, I, either way... I'm excited. Well, like, even still, like, Inferno and Suspiria are so standalone that unless you, like, had the prior knowledge of that those movies were contained in the same universe, um, you can view them in very much as different things. Mother of Tears is definitely built upon those two movies, but it's still also pretty standalone. Mm-hmm. But no, the new I, Suspiria I finished Mother of Tears. blew me away. God, the climax of the movie at the end was... Oh. Again, I don't know how I fell asleep during that, but I somehow did the first time I watched it. I'm glad I got the chance to rewatch it. And then Drive, which I thought was pretty fun. Yeah, Drive's pretty good. Had a crazy-ass soundtrack, which fit the theme of the movie we... I really enjoyed it. I, I do enjoy heist stories, especially ones where they get taken off the rails. Yeah, I think, based off what I've seen of him, I think uh, Drive... Drive's an extremely, like, simple movie. I don't think it's, like, a cinematic masterpiece or anything, but I, I enjoy it, but I think it's kind of Nicholas Reffin's version of, like, Lightning in a Bottle, because everything else I've seen from him has been kind of bad. Have you seen Bronson? I have not seen Bronson. I have not seen I Bronson. I haven't to watch that. Anyway, I'm going to go back, because I never got to answer Thomas's question about Suspiria. And I never got to give my own answer, Joe. so... Uh, <laughs> I mostly agree with Joe. I think that um, they're different enough movies that it's really hard to say which is better. However, I've seen both multiple times now, and it's like I can say that I do. I I like the soundtrack in the new one more than the original Goblin soundtrack, which is very hard to say because I think the original soundtrack's incredible. Mm. But I'm just like. This one's a teeny bit more incredible. Um, and it's like, the original Suspiria does so much with like colored lighting. It's beautiful. And I've talked at length on like my letterbox and reviews about colors and stuff. And I love talking about the colors of that movie. But the shots in the new one are also really good. And they still do, like... And it's, it, it's, it's a lot of muted colors. Yeah, it's a lot of muted colors. Colors going it's on. It's a lot of... The, the film has a more subtle approach with its shots. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a bad thing. And I, I, I'm leaning towards liking the new one a little more. But I think that also might be because I watched it six days ago. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Uh, my opinion is... I think whichever one I watch is more recently is my favorite. <laughs> uh, I like the original Suspiria just fine. I, like, I I think it's a pretty, pretty good movie. I'd 
probably like give it like if I had to like put it on a scale like seven out of ten. Did you like Inferno more than it? I don't know. You know I the I, water I scene. Oh god! I, I do. That's like the first scene I always think of when I think that of that movie. So good. So I think of I think of that scene and I think of the uh, credit song. So Spirito. Ah uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that, that, I get that song stuck in my head so often. Uh but I I'd, I'd have to rewatch both of them before I honestly decided. Uh probably Suspiria just simply because that one's a little mm-hmm. bit more just familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think the remake is way better in my opinion like a what did I give it like a 9? Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I, I thought I thought it was gonna be you were gonna jump it. I thought you were gonna do it. Oh, I give it a ten. Yeah. No, I, I know you've only given a couple, but it's. The, I was so happy when one of the movies I recommended that we watch, like, Memories of Murder, because yeah. Memories, Memories of Murder is a straight fucking ten. That movie yeah. is awesome. That it is really cool. fucking. Uh, fucking, I just got my Korean Blu-ray for that. So nice. So, whoa! I think now you're a true Korean <laughs> So I think uh, I think this week, aside from like two films that we'll end up picking, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna do a nice little uh, double feature of Memories of Murder and Mother, since I have to Blu-ray for both of those now. Because nice. uh, I still haven't seen Mother, uh, the the Bong Joon-ho one. Yes, because right? so, there, there's like the, so many different movies called Mother. When the usually when people think about that, it's either that one or. The, uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky yeah. one that Which just I came out a couple years ago. I I've like heard, that one. I don't. I've, I've heard really good things from like most people that like Aronofsky. I I like Aronofsky, yeah. so I can't. Say I like his movies. Have you seen Pie? Pie, not Black like Swan, Pie. The Wrestler. Pie is the only one I've seen. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. But yeah, I've been meaning to watch uh, the Wrestler specifically. I want. I that have to not be my seen next wrestler. watch of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. London, what have you watched this week? Ooh. Um, let's talk about some of the big ones I watched. I've been uh, going through the uh, Oscar Best Picture winners, because I've only seen, before I started this little endeavor, I'd only seen like 12 of them, and now I've seen like 17. But I watched, this week I watched uh, Spotlight, which is one that came out in 2015. I remember seeing, like, oh. the post because isn't the poster, like, just, like, a spotlight with spotlight, like, across it? Or am I, I thinking of something Maybe? Oh. oh, I think I might be thinking of, like, Whiplash's logo, actually. And it's a drum, not a spotlight. Maybe. Uh, but it... <laughs> Whoops! Like, I don't hear anything about it ever. Like, Despite it winning a Best Picture yeah, award. And, but it was really amazing. Like, one of the best I've what seen. What year is it from? 2015. 2015. Um, it had it uh, Michael Keaton, Ooh. Mark Ruffalo, Ooh. Uh, Rachel McAdams is in it, uh, Liev Schreiber is in it. Like, there's the step, the cast is crazy, and uh, it's really good. It's about um, these people that worked at the Boston Globe newspaper in 2001. It's a true story, um, and they are trying to uncover this conspiracy by the church that keeps, uh, like, pedophilic priests, like, hidden away. Okay. Like, they discover that they're just being moved around. 
Like, whenever yeah. there's a scandal, they just get moved to another church. Okay. And it's really good. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say, uncover the fact that the church actually did 9-11. Woo! 9-11 is a plot point in the movie, because it's in 2001. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Especially for I a story centered around people working in the news industry. This is not the last time 9-11 will be brought up this podcast. Nice. I also, uh, oh, because of the next movie that I watched. Gladiator by Ridley Scott. Oh. That won a Best Picture. I enjoyed the film, but I don't know why it won a Best Picture. Like, I I gave it, like, a six. Like, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. But there's a lot of messy camera work. Like, it's like, ah, these... This fight scene would be cool if you zoomed out literally like seven inches. I'm like, you're too close, mommy. Gotta see all that. And there was a little. I did watch the extended cut, which was two hours and fifty minutes, and I thought it was a little long. What's the theatrical cut? Two hours and thirty minutes. But even then, I think that it was. There was a little more than just that twenty minutes that could be cut. Mm -hmm. Um. But most of the performances were pretty good, uh, like Walking Phoenix and Russell Crowe. Like, they had some really good scenes, and then there were some scenes that were kind of like, eh, but it seemed like mostly direction at that point, not acting ability. Okay. Um, and then, just, I just finished it two hours ago, I watched a One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I oh, haven't seen that box, yes. dude. That was the first, uh, that was the film debut for Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, really? Yeah. Brad Dourif's in it as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that was the first, he was in also. Huh. He looks sexy in that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a lot younger than he is when he's in, like, Child's Play. Yeah. By, like, a whole... So, jeez, great fucking movie. So, I always see it talked about, but I've never, like, remembered it long enough to look up, like, what it's actually about. What's it, what is it uh, about? Uh, it's... Jack Nicholson gets sent to a... He, he's been in and out of prison, like, his whole life. Okay. And he gets sent to a mental institution. Yeah, he basically get, pretends because... to be crazy to avoid prison time, thinking, oh, it's easy, I'll well, serve my... specifically to avoid working. Like, he's out uh... of work farm prison. And he's just like, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh... Basically, he eventually comes to the realization that he'll be in there indefinitely if he doesn't start, like, kind of acting up. And the movie kind of focuses on that. Uh, okay. It's one of those movies that's better to go into, like, blind if you don't know anything about it. Okay, it just, I never heard, like, but, the overall plot of it. But, yeah, it's like, great. Fantastic. And there's some fucking amazing the book's great the too. supporting cast. They have some great... Danny DeVito specifically is uh, Mr. Martini or whatever. is fucking great. I'm like, holy shit. And I didn't recognize him. I've never seen him when he's like 30 years old. Oh, really? Like, Who the fuck is that? And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that Danny DeVito? Yeah. Christopher Lloyd, I could tell who it was, but I'm like, oh my god, he's so young and his ears are so giant. <laughs> Looks like an elephant. Why do you um, think he was in the new Dumbo? <laughs> was it? Yeah, he played the elephant. And then, uh, yeah, that was pretty much all. Oh, I watched uh, I watched a documentary last night called Big Bucks. Okay. It was uh, just a TV documentary. That Bucks says in 2003. Like, Bucks? Yeah, or? money. Um, okay. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Michael Larson, I think his name was? Um, he was a game show contestant on Press Your Luck. Uh, I've heard this story countless times before, but I wanted to watch a documentary on it. 
Um, he, have you, are you too familiar with Pressure Luck at all? That's the one that's no. like, no whammies, no whammies, stop, if you've ever heard that. Uh, I mean, I phrase. know the catchphrase, um, but I can't say So what it is, show. is there's a lighted board with a ton of prizes around it. And seemingly at random, the light will go around and you'll, you'll press on it. And you'll either get a prize or you'll get a whammy, which is like a little cartoon guy. And he'll take away all your money. Okay. Um, and Michael Larson figured out that it wasn't actually random. And there was a sequence that it would always go in. And the prizes would change each uh, frame on on the different pieces. So the light would change. It would change positions and it would change the prize every second. But he found out that there were two frames, two places that never had a whammy. So he would always aim for that. Mm. And this game that I think the I think they said that like the highest amount of money somebody had won was like thirty thousand. He just won a hundred thousand. <laughs> what, what, what did they do? Try to they him tried out of the they tried to knock him of the money. Wow. Like, what could we do? And but he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he, he played so the game. He, got the he money. found the loophole that they had set in their own fucking system, and he took advantage. But of it. even the even the documentary, which was I'm pretty sure like made by somebody connected to the studio, it just kind of paints him as like a villain. <laughs> That's like it wasn't a. It was a really interesting story, but the documentary wasn't very good because of that. But it was also really funny because of that. Because they're like, oh, he took our money. And I'm like, okay. Ooh. And then they're like, and now let's talk about how he was a bad person. I'm like, shut the fuck up. He died. Oh, wow. It was just kind of, I'm like, well, fuck you. He's a bad man because he figured out how dumb we were. But, like, some of it was cool. Like, they had the, the host at the time. The host of Pressure Lock, like he came back for the documentary and he like hosted the documentary. Like that was cool. Hmm. How long ago and was the show and how recent is the documentary? The documentary's from two thousand three. The the famous game that he won was in nineteen eighty four. Okay. So it was about twenty years. He had died in ninety nine. Oh. Um but it's it was it was it's a great story. At the, at the very least, you should look it up and read about it. It's very cool. Yeah, okay. Sounds um, interesting. And then, of course, the next day they like changed the format because um, he had to he had to memorize five sequences, um, because there were like five different sequences of a bunch of different randomizations that he had to memorize. And then, like the very next day, they entered or they they worked on it and they made it up to like thirty two. Or something. And then the show went off air a couple of years later. And then it came back in like 2000. And I think it's still running. I think it's just called uh, Whammy or something like that. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of game shows. I I had GSN. I didn't have a lot of channels growing up. But I had the game show network. So I watched a lot of it. But And then it was it was just computerized by that time. Yeah, you can do true random at that point. Yeah. Or very easy uh, algorithmic sequences. All right. Well, yeah. Seeing as we're about uh, 35-ish minutes into this recording, you guys want to start talking about the first movie? Uh, Oh, God. Thomas. Okay. And uh, no, I do have some other... I think this will probably just be a longer episode, if that's okay. Because I do have a couple other things I want to talk about. Yeah, as long as it doesn't like go past like eleven AM, that should be fine. No, oh, fuck that, dude. I wanna be wanna be in bed at like ten thirty, so oh, okay. Okay. But instead of like an hour and a half, we might be like 
hour forty five or two. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, uh so I guess that little signal is for me to give my movie plot. Yeah, so. that he you didn't think of one this week. Okay. My movie plot is about a guy who eats yeah. a moldy piece of cheese <laughs> and he develops the ability to spit cheese. Bam. And his arch wow. enemy is uh I don't know, a cheese grater. A cheese grater. It's okay, a guy so, with a cheese grater. So the superhero, right? What's his name? Uh, his name is the Cheese Guy. The Cheese Guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Thomas, for your great idea. You're welcome. Um, my idea comes from the film Beyond Paradise. Oh, okay. Which is a film about uh, going to high school in a specific <laughs> island of Hawaii. Um. And this could work as a sequel or a standalone, but I think it would be... <coughs> it's about these people that it's like their 25th high school reunion. They come back and they've all, like, left the island. And it's it's hard to just keep in contact with people when you're not living in the same area. Um, so it's about these people that have fallen out of touch. And um, they get back together, though, for this high school reunion. But one of their members is missing, and they try to figure out what happened to him. Uh, it turns out, like a lot of small towns, he got addicted to meth. So it's just, it's about a movie. It's, it's about a movie. It's a movie about, like, these friends just trying to help their friend not be addicted to meth anymore. Hmm. Or he goes smoke bar too. Smoke bar too. Because that, it, it happens a lot of noise. Yeah. No, yeah. It happens a lot everywhere. Yeah. Especially small towns. Because it's like, you don't have anything to do? Go Just smoke meth. Hawaii time. Time to smoke meth. You know what they say, idle hands are the devil's meth pipe. Yeah. Yes. It's either jerk it or smoke meth. Or there's do no, both at the same time. There's no in-between there. You can mix them. You can do one or the other. There's no in-between. You're either jerking the gherkin or you're, you're uh, drinking in the devil's ice. I think the true way to do it is to have your penis smoke the meth for you. Okay. Actually, I was... Yeah, no, I, I can see how that works. You just put, like, the little meth crystal in your dick hole, and then you just put the lighter right underneath the crystal, and it just kind of melts into you. Okay. And that's then, that's uh, great imagery right there. So, yeah, that's my idea. Um, and another thing I want to talk about is kind of movie news, even though this, this won't be airing for a month. But I want to talk about a couple things. Um, yeah, did you see the trailer for Cats? No, I didn't. But oh my I, I, I've God. seen like uh, you've seen screenshots of it. I, I saw one screenshot. I have seen so many. Screenshots oh my God! About it. it looks so good. I mean, I I wish as in terrible. Yeah, but I'm so excited. Between like the Aladdin and the Sonic oh. trailer, like. Oh. Tra- trailers that have just like god awful looking CGI characters don't. I I just find myself so just like unimpressed anymore. Even like with how awful it is, I'm just like, oh wow, how could it get any worse? Oh, See, there the they thing did. Is, it. Like with Sonic and with Aladdin, it's like okay, they have time and it's one character they have to work on. But I'm like, they can't fix cats. 
That's every character. So they can, what, they can what throw they do, it in the recycle bin and forget true. it ever happened. What they do is they just kind of lean into it. They're like, yeah, it's bad. But it's we generated... supposed to be scary. <laughs> I, I have never watched Cats. No, I've heard some of the songs. I like the music. It's written... Isn't isn't the music written by the same people who do uh, wrote the music for like Jesus Christ Superstar? I do not know. Cats has always been an enigma to me. I'm just like, how oh, fucking get it. Why are they cats? But I've never watched it. Yeah. So. Anyway, Joe, sorry. I part part of me wants to think that a lot of these movies doing, like, these kind of ballsier CGI productions of movies, like, a lot of the decisions got to be like, this is bad looking, but we're going to generate so much free publicity just from doing our normal shtick, you know, releasing a trailer, releasing a poster, whatever. Just the normal stuff that everyone starts talking about it. You know, memeing on it, spreading it around, whatever. That's going to reach a wider demographic just by virtue of it looking, like, terrible. I mean, like, I think, you know, like, when Aladdin first got its trailer release and every single facet of the internet that I was on was talking about Blue Will Smith. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's crazy just how far it's spread. And it's got to be, you know, crazy conspiracy man going here. Uh, it could have been, uh, like crazy conspiracy man thinking it's like, that's gotta be the, the motive of these things. And that's kind of what I see with cats. I haven't seen the trailer. I probably should, but I think it's funnier to not have seen it and just seen all the random screenshots of it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes sense. Cause I mean, all it takes is for one trailer to do that and to like get a lot of reception and for like every other movie studio and producer to see that and be like, Hey, we make this look like extremely bad, and it's like a property that has like any sort of like cult following or anything, like any small demographic of people that we can make very vocally laugh, like upset about it. That's free promotion for our fucking movie. Oh yeah, and I think that that's def- if it's not already, which it already seems to be. I think it's going to be a strategy that a lot of. Uh, trailers take in the future i what are you saying london you're wearing a naruto shirt i am wearing well to be specific it's a kakashi shirt uh, Nar- naruto is nowhere to be fucking yeah, seen i see the name naruto right there that's all I'm... right there naruto yes Shippuden. this is the guy who fucking trained him one of the several guys who fucking trained i thought him. that was sakura she is also one of the guys many guys who <laughs> trained him uh, oh yeah, and then other movie news, um, it was, was Comic Con yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, and a bunch of Marvel news. So, I hope you're ready for this shit. You ready? Um, here's one of the big ones. Blade was announced. Yeah. With Marashala Ali. Oh, okay. I, I think he's a pretty alright choice for the role. Yeah, no, th- I, uh, that was like... That was actually one of my top picks for Blade. I'm like, yeah, either get Wesley Snipes back and have yeah. Del Toro direct. What is Blade? I'm not familiar with this uh, He's a half-vampire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he kills other vampires. Why didn't they just... I mean, I don't know, like, initially, like, or racially, but, like, just get Song King Ho is back. He did that in Thirst. <laughs> he's black. I, I, that's why I said I didn't know yeah. what he was initially, but I'm like... That's Song Kang Ho. Yeah, th- throughout like the entirety of like his comics too. Like it, okay. it's not like something they did with Ryan like, Reynolds was in Hawkeye. They they, they they had an original trilogy. Okay. Uh, Del Toro did the first. 
Ooh. I think he did the, the second one. He did the second. Is that the best one in the trilogy? The second is the best one, if yeah. I remember. And the third one. Yeah, because Del Toro is a god. The third one is not good, but that one has Pat Oswald. Yeah, he plays Song King. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Doctor Strange 2 got an official uh, oh, nice. release date, which I, you know, like. I like The story Strange. was alright, but the visuals in that were fucking. Right. That that's kind of all I want from just a Doctor Strange um, sequel is I want crazy visuals. And I again. think uh, I think Scarlet Witch is going to be one of the main characters in that movie as well. That like, is she was, that is what I also saw. She was announced as like one of the main cast members. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Of course, we already know Black Widow's coming out next year, uh, May May first, um, and then. Next year in the fall, the first Disney Plus show is coming out, which is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be live action, I think that one, if I remember correctly, but don't quote me on that. Um, Then you have The Eternals coming out in November, which we already knew about. That has Angelina Jolie. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is in that as well, as well as Madong Xiao, which I'm very excited for. Um, Whoa, that's a crazy lineup. Yeah, Uh, there's a bunch of people in it. Um, and then Shang Chi, uh, or Shang Chi, I'm not sure, uh, comes out February of 2021. Um, which is which is cool. It'll be nice to like. Whoa! They finally have their an Asian superhero. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be nice. You mean to tell me you forgot about Wong from Doctor Strange? He's not a superhero. I know that was the joke. It'll be nice to have a main hero. Okay. Um, and then Scarlet Witch has her own show coming to Disney Plus in huh. 2021. It's called WandaVision. Yeah, no, I, I like, saw that. That's a dumb name, unless huh. it like ties the comics somehow. But either way, there's a ton of stupid names in comics. I, I think I think it's finally reached that point with the Marvel Cinematic Universe where I'm going to start to drop off and just, just wait. I'm not done with all these Disney Plus shows. Yeah, that that's kind of the reason why I'm like, more I need to tell you. It's about like holy going. shit! How many TV shows am I going to have to fucking watch just to stay up to date with this shit? I mean, like the well, Netflix. I think most of those are supposed to be like you don't need to be. Like, I mean, like, I the, think it's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I think they're considered canon, but you don't need to watch it. That's what I was about to say. It's kind of feel, I would hope it would be done the same way as the, a lot of the Netflix shows where they are in universe on a technical level, but you don't need to watch them to enjoy the movies, which is probably how I'm going to continue watching the MCU going forward. I don't, and might pick up a show here or there, but like, yeah, I, I'll probably be getting Disney Plus just because it's cheap. I hate to giving this money like that, but. It's just like, it's good. It's a good product. It depends "Ah." on their catalog. Like, I know that they're supposed to have, like, all the It's like $7 a a month. Yeah. It's like, ah! So, we'll we'll see the lineup. What are the other other titles? Um, Doctor Strange is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That comes out May 2021. Um, Loki has his show. Loki, that was like one of the first shows yeah. that was announced. Yeah. Uh, he has that show coming out. I know that they also announced uh, What If. Yeah, What show. If. That's mm. that's coming out to summer of 2021. Hawkeye has a show in yeah. fall of 2021. I'm, I might watch that one. It's going to be about him raising his kids. I'd, I'd watch it. 
I oh, watched yeah. if it's Jeremy Renner, I'd watch him do anything. Oh fuck. Yeah, no, true. No, no, wait, who are you thinking of? What is I feel like a dumbass. I'm getting I got Hawkeye mixed up with uh War Machine. Not War Machine. <laughs> who who's Sam Jackson's character? Fury? Fury! It's cause he's missing an eye. Oh god. Yeah, <laughs> the Hawk took um I'd watch a Nick Fury show. I would 100% yeah, watch a Nick Fury well. show. Especially Thor 4. Yes! Yeah. Because Akira got delayed. Because it's been having production problems for quite a while, apparently. Um, even before Taika was tied to it. Um, it's called Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, apparently, they got Natalie Portman back for it. Yeah, apparently. And she's, she's playing play. Lady Thor. Yep. So, that'll be uh, interesting. I, I'm just excited because it's more Taika Waititi. Taika yeah. Waititi is incredible, and Ragnarok is at the top of, or near the top of my list for the MCU movies. That movie is great, but just on a story level, on a comedic level, just because Taika does comedy so, so well. I'm Honestly, excited for that movie. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> hate it. I'm just I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought you know, it was like a nice little, like, six out of ten movie. I don't know. And then, uh, those are the ones that have release dates, but they also, uh, confirm that they're, they're working on the Fantastic Four movie yep. for the MCU. Yeah, yep. nice. Which I'm like, whoa! Are we gonna get a good Fantastic Four movie? Um, and okay. the Guardians 3 is, of course, not in production yet because, uh, James Gunn is still directing The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing Guardians 3 after that. Um, and then they announced Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2. Well, I mean, Black, well, yeah, I, I guess in official capacity, because, like, pretty much right after Black Panther yeah, came out, it was basically well, yeah. going to be like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Which, um, I'm excited for Black Panther 2. My only hope for it is that they get Kendrick Lamar to do the soundtrack again. Or they get him to play Black Panther's son. I would also take that. Just, <laughs> uh, Hi, Dad, it's me! Kendrick Lamar! Uh, and then... DC, they announced this a while ago, or there were rumors, but they announced it again. Um, they're doing an animated version of Superman Red Sun. Oh, nice. Which is a, which is a fun storyline. It's where Superman lands in the USSR. Yeah. <laughs> I'm me, aware of it. You, you were telling me about it. It's it sounds fun. like a fun time. It's, it wasn't amazing or anything, but I enjoyed my time with it. And then Batman Hush comes out. Oh, fuck. It might have come out yesterday. Uh, the movie version of it. And that's most of the movie news. Uh, oh, The Witcher got its trailer. Oh, did it? I, I, I series for Netflix. It looks dope. Hmm. Pretty dope, at least. The live action? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill plays... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing it. I was well, like, when that was, that was announced, I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like I probably saw the headline for that and then, like, immediately forgot about it just because I have no real ties is, to the series. Isn't that the reason why... Or one of the reasons why he stopped being Superman? It was probably that and that all the movies he was in were bad. And he probably felt bad. Oh, yeah. That's not necessarily his fault, though. No, I, I'm not saying it is. He has a statue in a Jersey. Oh, the nice. island. Because apparently that's where he's from. If huh. I remember correctly, um, I was listening to a podcast and somebody's from Jersey there, and there's like a statue of them as Superman. <laughs> like that's kind of dope. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
right. Okay, so... The Boyle Agenda. The Boyle Agenda. So we watched two movies. Wait a fucking minute. Wait, never mind. Hold that. I forgot you pitched your movie. Never mind. Jesus Christ, Thomas. (laughs) Wait a fucking minute, guys. All right, so do you guys want to introduce what the Boyle Agenda is, or do you want uh, the Boyle to introduce the Boyle Agenda? Oh, so Joe Well, we talked about it in the last podcast as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, Joe Joe here is a pleb. He hasn't seen most pop culture movies. But you know what? I'm a man of cinema. I've seen the only movie that matters. Elbow and Grouchland. Ah, most of those. Let's make a combo of those films. A combo of what? Serbian film and Elmo and Grouchland. Oh yeah, no, I am... Elmo and a Serbian film. I am, uh... Oh yeah, a Serbian Elmo. I am film scrub lord. Uh, There are a lot of movies I have not seen. Uh, So London and I have compiled a list, mainly London, of a bunch of movies that I have not seen. Uh... I don't have the list in front of me. I can pull it in front, pull it up right now. But I do know one of the highlights is uh, the only Indiana Jones movie I have seen is uh, Crystal Skull. It's okay, My it's opinion, the best one. not the worst Indiana Jones movie. I liked it as a kid. The ending was kind of weird to me, but <laughs> I like it. I think the ending's pretty on point for Indiana Jones. Yeah, like, I didn't really understand I, people's gripes with it. I'm like. The first one ends with them opening an arc in people's faces. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's any worse than, like, any of the other ones. I don't think it's quite as good as uh, Last Crusade or the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. I, I think it I need to rewatch all very of well. them. So. But, uh, Temple uh, of Doom is other highlights on the Boyle agenda are uh, Citizen Kane, uh, 12 Angry Men... Dracula, Dracula, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, Breakfast Club, The Goonies. Which Dracula and which Frankenstein? The originals. Yeah. Okay. Although I've seen Son of Frankenstein. So there's so that. You mean Young you, Frankenstein? Young, yeah, that one. I was going to say, because Son of Frankenstein is a sequel okay. to Frankenstein. Yeah. So, so I'm like, like, I don't think it was It's the third one, but I, that's why I looked over. I'm like, which one? You, yeah, okay. The one with Gene Wilder. Yeah, that's uh, Young Frankenstein. Young. Which uh, oh, that, that was a good movie. I, I do enjoy, I did enjoy that one. And uh, for this week, I picked two movies from it. Uh, the movies are The Big Lebowski and Eraserhead. Um, Big Lebowski, I've always been told like I probably really like this movie. Um, and I I liked it. I like both these movies. And then Eraserhead, I just I haven't had much experience with David Lynch. I think the only movie prior to me seeing this was Wild at Heart with Nick Cage. Watch that during. During Nick, Nick Cage and Laura Dern, don't leave her out. Yeah, and Laura Dern. Yeah, from the, the Last Jedi. That's the only other movie she's been in. Really? No, she's, she's in, in Jurassic Park. Park. But yes, she's in she's in Jedi. she's in other Dave Lynch movies. Like she's in Blue Velvet. She's in uh, Inland Empire. I think she's in. Oh, she's, she's, she's in. in Twin I was Peaks. thinking Lost Highway, but no, she's in Inland Empire. Yeah, and I just I just generally wanted to explore what his works were about. I feel like one of his more popular works was probably the best place to One of his early ones, too. Is that his first? It's his first feature film. He had made, uh, like, student films and stuff before, but this is, like, for all intents and purposes. He made it for three dollars, too. (laughs) He made it for a hamburger and a high five. So, uh, we'll do the same thing we usually do. We'll go with earliest to latest. So okay, we'll start. With... So I wanted to start off with the razor head. Yeah, we'll start off with the oh, razor head. All right, Joe. Joe's gonna take it off. Take Let it away. Me... We'll, so... we'll have Joe talk about it first, and me, then Thomas. How about that? Sure, sure. that yeah. works for me. So... Joe, try to. I want you to try to explain the plot. <sighs> so 
we have our boy Henry, played by Jack Nance, and he's kind of got a sad life going on. You know, it looks like he lives in a really shithole apartment, really tiny, really shitty part of town, it looks like, and he's got a girlfriend. His parents, or her parents, I'm sorry, are kind of crazy. She's also pretty crazy. Uh, and they have a baby, but it's not a human baby by any stretch of the word human. And, uh... It's a regular human baby. It's kind of about the trials and tribulations of Henry trying to deal with all of this mess in his life. If I'm being 100% honest, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I could only maybe guess at what the movie maybe have just thought of, like, in terms of just what it's about, because I can't seem to glean anything real from the movie outside of, like, this is just a depressing story about a shitty man thrown in this wacky circumstance with this not-human baby. Um, I really liked the baby design. I thought it was really creepy, and that was, like, it was really creepy, and, like, after the movie had finished, I had stepped away from my computer to go, or, yeah, from my computer to go take care of something, and I was thinking, like, that's a movie that genuinely scared me and, like, filled me with a lot of dread. I don't get that often whenever I watch horror. Oh, you're gonna love David Lynch. He, he's really good at, like, kind of tapping into that just, like, subconscious, yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, no, like, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, can we, are we, are we gonna talk spoilers about the movie? Oh, of course. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll just, we're jumping into spoilers. So, um, the, the cut where Henry takes the thermometer and checks the baby's temperature. Pulls it out, looks at it, smash cut to the baby being sick. That actually got a genuine <laughs> scare out of me. Yeah, because the music ramps up. It's just like, <laughs> Perfect, perfect segue. Uh, I need to look up who did the sound design for it. You uh, did. He, yeah, David uh, Lynch. Holy, holy shit. Like, the constant drone of the entire movie. There was not a single quiet moment in the movie. There were quieter moments. Yeah. But there is this constant drone going on in the background, be it actual music production or just, like, kind of ambient sound. Like, you know, the scene where he's walking just through this back alley and there's just a lot of just background noise of the city. It added so much feel to it. Like, it, like you could really feel like this world... It felt collapsing. It felt covering. Like, the entire world is just trying to suffocate Henry. Mm. And this kind of just shithole life he is in. And I thought that was brilliant. Every part of the sound design was fantastic. And I just, it blew me away. Yeah, the sound design is, like, one of the things that's, like, high... I mean, this entire film is very highly regarded for multiple reasons. But that is, like, one of the big ones that people talk about. Yeah, but, like, and it's weird. Like, I... I was thinking about this, like, what was I expecting when I was going to watch Eraserhead? <laughs> and I couldn't give you an answer, apart from, like, really dumb joke answers, like, oh, Eraserhead, his head kind of looks like an eraser, he's gonna erase people with his hair. What What do you think of the title, like, what do you think the title means? Um, well, kind of like losing yourself in your own head. If I had to guess, like, honestly, the movie feels very, very lucid. Like, just a lot of the cuts, like, even though the movie takes place in, like, three major settings, uh, because there's Henry's apartment, there's his girlfriend's apartment, and then there's, like, the scene where he's just walking through the street. 
That's really the only settings that come to mind. I might be wrong the on that. Stage. The, the, oh, the, yeah, the there, stage. There's yep. a few more. Yep. There's like the stage. There's the like uh, little hotel the, lobby that yep. he goes to. Yep. The pencil factory. Yeah. The pencil factory, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I think eraser head really just means eraser because his head got turned into an eraser. That's true. Which as soon as that as soon as that happened, I'm like, there it is. Yep. yep there it is. Jump in real quick and say that <laughs> I I was I found absolutely no dread in the film. I think the film's really funny. Like I don't. Oh. I was not creeped out by anything in the film. The baby, I just think is. Funny looking. No, I think like the scene where where Jumpstead being sick, I just laughed out loud. Like I love the movie, but I, I like I just thought it was really funny. No, that's fair. Although, like, there is a like the set designers probably had a lot of fun with Henry's apartment, just with all like the clutter everywhere. And also, the first thing I noticed when we got into Henry's apartment. Was the fucking plant on his nightstand without yeah. the pot in it? Fun fact: the production designer for this movie went on to work for Brian De Palma in Carrie, okay. uh, Phantom of the Paradise, and then Ooh. years later he was also involved in a little, a little movie you might have heard of it, Star Wars. There will be blood. What's oh. that? Uh, it's a little Paul Thomas Anderson. Who's that? Uh, he's a director. What's that? Uh, he directed you. Boogie Nights. Um, Whoa, Boogle Nights! Boogle Nights, yeah, but no, like, even for, like, the majority of the movie taking place in Henry's apartment, there's just a lot of just smaller details about it. Like, honestly, like, the plant, the whole plant not in the pot thing, like, that's funny from a weird, abstract point of view, but also, like, it kind of just sells, like, just, Henry doesn't care about a lot of things in his life. A lot of these things, like, even, like, the, like, clutter, like, with all, like, the twigs and stuff, and, like, that just... To me, that screams, like, hardcore depression. That he just doesn't care about his surroundings and his willingness to clean up after that. Like, I don't know. I really like the movie. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this movie was really fucking good. Yeah, no. I I absolutely love this movie, too. This is, like, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. London? Ah. Uh, I really love, um, Henry's cadence. The way he speaks. His little accent. Yeah. It's just so enthralling. Also, like, one of my favorite things about, like, the cinematography is, uh, actually just how the light bounces off his hair. <laughs> and it runs through the top of his head. I'm like, ah, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's uh, real nice looking. See, let me go to my notes here. Did you, did he say the whole plot? I wasn't really listening. I think they hit hit all the major notes at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, basically. I mean, the plot is very bare bones. Basically, Harry has kid, has kid, wife abandoned, sleeps with lady, lady repulsed by baby, mm-hmm. he kills baby, and then mm-hmm. I forgot to mention he killed baby, and then he uh, kind of just dies. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain my personal, most recent interpretation of the film uh, once we get to me. But, uh, and I'll definitely dive into probably all of the fucking film because I love this movie. Okay, and then after you talk about there are there are a few other things I want to touch on that I just looked through my notes that I forgot to talk about. Yeah, of course. Right, but, uh, one, 
So still doing a little reading there? Yeah, I'm just on my notes. Okay. Just on my little notes here. Gotcha. Give you a bit more time? No, okay. no. Go for it. That, that, like, yeah. That was a good movie. I, I enjoyed pretty much all aspects of it. Honestly, once we talk about the ending, uh, I kind of wish it ended at a different place. A little bit. Where do you wish I kind of wish it ended with him being turned into an eraser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that scene. And I'm like, what if they just ended it right there? There is, uh, when I, I, so with my relationship with this movie, I had known about it years before I actually watched it. Like, cause, uh, there, I think Lee Hardcastle is his name. There's a YouTuber who does like the stop motion movies in 60 seconds. He did one with like Evil Dead. He did like an Evil Dead 2 with cats. He did the thing with cats. Uh, and he did one for Eraserhead that wasn't cats. But, uh, and I'm pretty sure the way that he ended that little one is it literally just ends with, like, the animator, like, holding out a pencil and, like, Henry's head, the little stop motion version just, and, like, landing on the eraser and he looks, he's like, oh? And it's like, that's how that video ended. Incredible. Uh, but through there I went on and, uh, when I was, like, 12, I loved the song this movie. I still do the In Heaven Everything Is Fine. Oh, yeah. That's a great, oh, so great song. Mm. Love it. It needs to be like sampled on like a hip hop track or something. Like Kanye. Uh, oh God, the I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Kanye would pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the chicken scene getting the movie? Yeah. The chicken scene. Yeah. yeah. When he's cutting the chicken. Yeah. And then it just that's a great the man made chickens. Yeah. yeah. That was a funny scene. Yes. That was. It's do I funny. just cut it up? Like yeah. a regular chicken. It's like, it's like wiggling. Yeah. The mom's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, ah. And then like the daughter comes out and she's like sobbing uncontrollably. The dad's just And the smiling. dad's just like this. And I'm just like... This. That was, there were like so many just weird moments that I'm like, this is such a kooky family. Like, I, sometimes I'm just like, what if I was David Lynch? <laughs> I, I love... Like David Lynch's like energy is like... Un- I don't think I've ever seen a director who has just such a weird at- oh, yeah, like, yeah. atmosphere. I, I watched this movie on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> just to just to really stick it to David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> he does not. Yeah, he said idea. that like oh. watching things on like phones isn't really watching. <laughs> yeah, okay. he, he doesn't consider it the true cinematic experience. Like, Shut the fuck Which, up. To each their own. If someone wants to watch a movie on their phone, they're Go for it. Right okay, what about so- this? You're looking at a TV, right? You, you have a phone this close to your face. You have earphones in. It's the same distance. You're seeing the same amount of screen. Yeah. I was like, come on! True enough. Yeah, no, like, it's funny you bring up the chicken scene, because, like, right before that, I just have an entry in my notes that's just, look at my knees! Yeah! <laughs> People seem to think that pipes just grow in these houses. Well, they don't. Look at my knees. That's why it made me laugh so much. Yeah. The fucking like the there was the mom in the kitchen mixing the salad, right? Yeah, and she she just fucking plops had it in the front catatonic of me. grandmother. She just like grabs it with her hands, just has her mix it up. I'm like, why don't you just mix it yourself? But I'm like, <laughs> I see you. It's weird. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's this scene much, much later after he has sex with the, his neighbor, mm-hmm. and he sees uh, her going back with her new boyfriend, and then it like cuts back to his face, but it's replaced the baby's face, and it's like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, perfect. Uh, the ending of the movie just got really fucking crazy. And I <laughs> his head it. falls off. It's replaced the baby's head. His head falls into his own pool of blood, and it just kind of vanishes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, ah, perfect. I get you, Lynch. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and also, like the scene where he like cuts open like the bandages on the baby. I don't know what I was expecting. Mm, yeah, he's like cut it open, and then it's just like, oh and, yes. And the, and the, the bandages baby. were the body. Yeah. And then, like fucking as the just as like he, a real baby. As he's cutting up the bandages, baby's like <laughs> Yeah, it's just fucking then, dying. And then he stabs the baby and it's like, ooh, what if I was made of fucking sponges? <laughs> yeah. I a comment on that stab scene. Something that like gets me every time. Hint like Jack Nance's performance in that scene is like spot on. Because I think if I was to like Stab a baby's lung. The reaction he has, where he just like immediately like backs up and is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like I think I would have like a similar kind of reaction. No, let's, you like, have, let's stab a baby and we'll see. Yeah, I guess let's find out. Well, I got this uh, perfect orphan child here for you. Oh, hey, get over here! Get come here! No, ah! ah! Your downstairs neighbors are just. Going on right so, there. Thomas, I'm very curious on your takes of the movie, cause just because you like it a lot, and when I was looking through my list, I saw Eraserhead, and I'm like, I know how much Thomas loves Eraserhead, and I'm very curious on his take, because I guarantee yeah, he wants to think of a weird, weird experience. If he wasn't dead, I totally would. Uh, when did he die? A while ago? 90s, I think. What happened? Why did he die? He could have just not. I want to Say he got into, like, a bar fight or something. Jack Nance! He was kind of a crazy guy, from what I hear. Uh, David Lynch has a documentary that he, like, made completely about, like, Jack Nance's life, because they were very close friends. Okay. Uh, Jack Nance is in, like, Twin Peaks. Okay. Uh, Once you get around to watching that. The original series, not the return, because he's probably dead at that point. Uh, Whoa! You mean they didn't put a dead guy... In a new take on an old property? Well, uh, there there were lots of actors who uh, died in between uh, the second and the third season, and they incorporate some characters, like, from actors who have died, okay. like, uh, through just, like, uh, either having a different character play them through, like, voice acting, or whether they, like, take, like, some, like, unused footage and kind of, like, it's weird. You'd have to, like, see it, and I don't want to, like, just straight up be like, oh, yeah, this is what they do with okay. this character. Okay, well, uh, and I, I do plan on watching it at some point, but Eraser, I'm curious on your thoughts. Uh, before before I dive into, like, uh, my interpretations on the film, did one didn't have anything else you wanted to say, or did you kind of get it all uh, out? That's, I'll probably say some stuff after. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, th- so this film, I personally think has, uh, you know, down to its core, it's about a man who obviously isn't ready to be a father. Uh, Where'd you get that from? Gee, I wonder. It's like the film has a very grounded plot in its very dream-like... Because David Lynch has a very dream-like quality to pretty much the majority of his works. Uh, And his hair. 
a lot of his uh, later stuff is a lot more grounded in reality, but it still has that dream logic to it and mm-hmm. uh, will lean into it. It's very much David Lynch's style. Okay. Uh, and I think this film has a lot to do with, uh, like, I just had the idea because I was kind of watching it. I'm like, what if Henry is suicidal the entire movie? And it, it kind of almost makes sense. I, I, I only watched it through the once. Uh, so I, I didn't, like, go through the film and see if I had, like, all the contextual evidence and see if there was anything that contradicted it necessarily. But this this is a film made for interpretation. So technically, I'm not wrong. Eat shit, commenters. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... Because, like, the film begins with that shot, and he's, like, above the world, and it's just kind of his head, and, it, you know, it kind of gives you the the idea that he's obviously not in line with the world. He's not grounded. Mm-hmm. He seems a little lost, and that scene, obviously, also uh, indicates the conception of the kid, obviously, because he a little sperm flies out of his mouth and drops into the puddle. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, basically, like... You see him, he gets home. It looks like he lives a pretty pathetic life. Lives in this small little rundown apartment like you were saying. Uh, his apartment was kind of nice. Looked cozy. Takes off one of his socks and just sets it on a radiator and just kind of blanks out for a minute. Oh, I was like... I related to that moment. <laughs> really <laughs> happened, I'm like, I kind of wish I had a radiator. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that seems, that seems cozy. <laughs> and then, obviously... You know, because the girl hasn't been around for a few weeks. He's just kind of lost. He ripped up her picture, obviously, because he puts it back together later. Yep. Uh, and then he, you know, get, the neighbor tells him, like, hey, you know, girl, stop by. I forget the girl's name. Uh, Fork. Yeah, Fork. Yeah, you, you hate Sarah. Me. I think it was Sarah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh... She's just listed as a beautiful girl across the hall. No, not, not the girl across the hall. The girlfriend. Oh, uh, Sarah? Mary. Mary! Yeah, that's what, what I said. Yes. Smary. Smary. Uh, Smary. Smara. So, so uh... Oh, Jesus. Oh, my favorite fucking flavor. Thank you. Uh, he threw a gummy worm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. He just fucking pelted him with gummy worms. Uh, goes over, meets uh, Mary's parents. Very awkward. Uh, look at my knees. Yeah, look at my knees! The mother tries fucking, like, making out with him. You're like, so you fucked my daughter. You gonna fuck me? <laughs> I fuck me. Yeah, but, uh... Have you seen that movie? I know. Oh, is that on the boiler gender? Goes home, you know, obviously. There's like that one scene where he like is on the bed and he smiles because maybe for once he's like, hey, you know, maybe this won't be so bad. But quickly. It got bad. It got, it gets bad. Why, what, oh God, one of my favorite fucking scenes in the movie is where the wife like first leaves. Oh, and yeah. she tries to scoot the bed towards the baby, but she's just kind of there and she's just awkwardly just, eh. Like tugging on the bed. And Henry just looks at her like, what are you doing? And it goes on for a little bit longer than it needs to, which adds to the comedic element oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, yes. 
get used to that with David Lynch. He he likes to meander on things a little longer than they should. Like I, a, I like the meandering on that scene a lot. Twin Peaks: The Return has like I shit you not a nine minute scene of a guy sweeping a floor. <laughs> That's it's, incredible. It's awesome. I love it. That's incredible. <laughs> Yet you don't like the yes a ghost story from a ghost story. <laughs> That's see I like. The thing surrounding the sweeping scene in uh, Twin Peaks. I don't like anything about a ghost story. Well, so I guess you can be wrong sometimes. Or I could be right. Who knows? It's almost I, like film is subjective. That's that's not true. It's subjective that Avengers Endgame is the best movie ever made because it's the highest grossing movie ever made. Oh yeah, that passed Avatar today. Yep. Or yesterday. Oh, nice. It's bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Now maybe they'll cancel the eight Avatar sequels. No, no, that's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a constant battle between the next Avengers and the next Avatar. The next Avatar is not getting sold that well. In comparison, what they said to Avatar one. I think. I think. I don't know if it'll be like quite like Avengers level, but I think Avatar. Avatar is going to make a lot pretty big just simply because of the anticipation. Easy billion. Now, once they get to Avatar 3, that's where I think it's going to It just depends. Like, if Avatar 2 is, like, a good movie, it depends how, like, good the visuals are. True. Because that was the huge, huge thing about the first one is the visuals. And James Cameron has said, like, yeah, I've been waiting for the... For the next step in uh, Every time I think I'm out of gummy worms, I find another one on my. You need some more? No, I I I am good. I'm a good. Uh, Continuing with your thoughts on Eraserhead, but uh, yeah, and the lady in the radiator, uh, I think is obviously a symbol for death. And with the little, with the with the the big the sponge face, the scrotums on her. Yes, because you can see that she's like. Are you saying you don't actually think there's a lady living in his rape? That's what I'm saying. I like to take everything in this movie literally. <laughs> ah. Well, there's your first mistake. Or you just said film is subjective. Not this one. Not to, as I say it. <laughs> not in this time. Time. Arguably one of the most subjective films to ever be made. Huh. Uh, fucking... But yeah, she's got, like, you can tell that she's got, like, a cute kind of, like, bubbly face under there, but the cheeks are really fucking distracting. Oh, yeah. And that's, I that's always ki- stared at them whenever she was on And screen. that's kind of, like, my personal idea of death. Like, part of it seems, like, really enticing. It's, just <laughs> it's like, some lady with some fucking weird-looking cheeks. <laughs> yeah, well, part of, part of it seems really enticing because it's just, like, everything ends. But part of it's also really scary because it's, like, everything you've ever known. And, like, the lady, you know, she's... You know, cute, but also kind of unnerving. And you're just like, what the fuck? And she's singing, like, in heaven, everything's fine. Uh, Well, that's actually a good connection to, like, her being the personification of death. Mm -hmm. I like that. And, of course, uh, the ending of the film when he kills the baby. Mm -hmm. uh, And he's suddenly in the light and he can finally... Because there's that scene where he, like, first sees her and... She's kind of giving him a hint. She's like reaching her hand out to him and he like puts it lightly against his face and gets the flash of light. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, <laughs> and then he like disappears. <laughs> and then 
finally at the end when he gets to embrace death instead of just kind of romanticizing with it. And I yeah. think, yes, London. No, when you're done with your thought, I do have something okay. to add. And I think that the death... Ex- I'm just raising my hand. I also think that they're, they imply, like, I don't know how to, like, word this quite correctly. This is all just jumbled out of my brain that I'm trying to spit out into the mind. I feel like that's a good way to describe how to talk about the movie. It's like, I'm just gonna jumble words together, but it's gonna make some sense. It's funny as we've had a couple movies like that now. <laughs> like, that's that's just me. Conico I'm, also, I'm, like, well, just because of the way the movie's yeah. like, structured. Well, this, this movie's got, like, a grounded plot. Like, there's a through line. Like, yeah. yeah. It, this movie... Like, I think most people, like, hear the eraser head and think, like, oh my god, this film is just gonna be, like, up in the air and it's gonna make no fucking sense. Things are just gonna happen. And they do. Like, things that don't make any fucking sense happen. But th- there is a plot through it. Like, you see that he's a guy who becomes a father and, you know, goes through the struggle of fatherhood. And uh, David Lynch, ten years before the movie was made, I think, like, night. 1968, but uh, he had an unexpected child with disabilities. And he stabbed her. Oh, okay. Yeah, he stabbed her. No, no, he didn't really stab her. Although, fun fact, never mind, I won't share that fun fact, because it kind of spoils Twin Peaks, and I take it back. Okay. Uh, okay. Want me to add my thing? Yeah, add your thing. Um. I do agree that I, I also think that the film's, for, like, a lot of it is about, like, suicidal thoughts and, like, about him being suicidal. But I don't really see the lady as a personification of death. I, I've also, uh, she's I, commonly, uh, from what I've seen just from a lot of people, a lot of people consider her, like, a personification of hope as well. I, I think it's mostly just... I think a lot of the film just deals with uh, boredom, if I'm going to be completely honest. Because he's stuck in this room with this baby. Like, he can't leave. Like, that time he tries to leave, yeah, as soon as he opens the door, it's just like... <laughs> as soon as he opens the door, he shuts it, does, stops. Yep. So I think that, like... And I think it goes back to that, that scene where he just kind of, like, stares at his sock on the radiator... I think that a lot of it is just his imagination running wild as he tries to, like, cope with these situations, and he can't go anywhere. So it's just slowly, like... I think that I could see it as she being the personification of death, but it's only in his mind. Like, like he's... I, he's I think the entire because movie's of that. in his mind. No, yeah, I do too. But, Actually, like, I think the entire movie's a dream. I, I wanted to kind of bring that up because of the dreamlike quality. There was definitely the thought after the movie finished, and, like, I wonder how much of this was actually real. Like, I wonder how much of this was someone dreaming something up. I think that this, the grounded stuff are, like, the hard facts that you can, like, take away and you can be like, alright, Henry's a dude who's asleep and this is what's going on in his life, but, like, everything in the film is just some, like, jumbled up, like, yeah, dream like, interpretation. And, like, the thing that kind of sparked that thought was, like, so they picked the baby up from the hospital, I think they said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, who the fuck thinks that's a human child? Also, I, well, the I doctors the, didn't. There's that okay. line where uh, th- where the mother first announces that she's like, there's a baby. She's like, they don't even know if it's a baby yet. And okay, she's like, true. it's premature, but it's a baby. Also, that's one thing that I like about the film. I like to think of it as, because so much of the movie's in his mind, I think the baby's just a regular baby. 
And oh, yeah. Like, it, it's a regular baby. Like, it, it looks regular, too. And this is in his mind. Mm. It's, it, he's personifying all his worst fears. That it makes him look like this alien thing. That's how I see most babies anyway. Yeah. Like, that's no, how like, I feel about them in So I, I think that, like... I think they're gross, violent, like disgusting Even, like, the... Because, like, the lady across the hall, like, she didn't really freak out. She was just like, fuck, baby. Yeah. And I, I think that it was just, like, a regular baby that he murdered. And, uh, the thing about... Kind of tying it back to my uh, suicide point, and also the baby, with, like, how it keeps, like popping up out of his body mm-hmm. uh, because when you have a kid your life is that kid like and that lady obviously like she looks at him and she sees like oh that's the guy with the baby you know and uh, the uh, baby guy yeah basically like I think it's just meant to like represent uh, just the idea of uh, yeah like I don't know how to like word this elegantly at all but uh Basically, like, yeah, once you have a kid, that becomes your life, your identity. You, like, are that kid, essentially. Not literally, but, like... Yeah. In a sense. 90% of your life is focused on taking care of and raising this kid. Uh, And I think that that, like, weighs into, like, the whole, like, suicide thing, because he can't really kill himself, his wife... Obviously doesn't really want the baby, seeing as she's never fucking there. Uh, and, you know, I think he, like, this suicide thing is, like, my most recent interpretation. Every time I watch this movie, I, like, get a new idea for what the scenes are. I'm like, oh, this could mean this, this could mean this, this could mean this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I love this movie so much. I like Every time I watch it, it's like a new, watching a new movie. I like to think of it. That he killed the baby and then he like killed himself right after. Yeah, that's, and, that's and basically that final nice. scene of like the stage and his head falling off and stuff. That's all just like in his mind in this final like stages of death kind of thing. Like he's just hallucinating one final time before he fucking dies. True. So the things I wanted to add in were kind of concerning the dialogue in this movie. There are there are some goofy lines, but like. The first line of dialogue wasn't spoken until ten minutes into the movie. Because as soon as the first line was spoken, which I think was his neighbor. Oh yeah, the first oh. six minutes that are just like different shots, like Well just it's different shots, it's establishing kinda Henry just where he is. But those are until... some of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh no, that part was incredible, but like it just kinda took me surprise oh he's aiming up the shot for the gummy worm. Oh, oh that made oh <laughs> yeah that uh that was good yeah no it was about ten minutes in but like a lot of the movie is like what <laughs> like none of them made it onto me they just pelted off <laughs> that's great I like but, to imagine these are the worms from Eraserhead there you go uh, I actually thought the worm in a box was I like I joked that it was shriveled up foreskin. That is. That's why he's so suicidal. There you go. But, like, a lot of the movie just is very dialogue-light. And you're just kind of there just sitting in these scenes and just taking it all in. And I really like that. And, like, the moments with the word dialogue, there was, like, this kind of awkward, clumsy feeling to it. The script for this movie, I believe, was only 20 pages long. Yeah, I can can buy that. And typical screenplay rules is page in a minute. Script should only be five seconds. It's true. And then you just stretch the rest out during production. Yeah. Everything should be improvised. Everything. 
He's like, what kind of shot you want this to be? I don't know. Wing also, it. I can't... Oh, I think this is... So there was a claymation part of the movie. I'm just kind of looking at my notes. Uh, after I, I made a note, I'm like, damn, they put claymation in this movie. That's pretty cool. I really liked that scene. I thought David was Lynch was very in the stop motion before he made this movie. I really liked that portion. Uh, I think it I think it broke everything up in a nice way. I have the Criterion uh, release of this. And on the special features, they have a bunch of his short films that he made like before Eraserhead. And a lot of them... Because he didn't start off wanting to be a filmmaker. He started off as like a painter. And then eventually he's like, Mm, I'm gonna experiment and make some paintings that like move and he like basically just He's like, made, like that's little, a movie <laughs> little animated movies and then eventually started like kinda splicing it with live action and then eventually got to erase your head. Yeah, but no, like right after I put that note in, there's just an entry that says, This looks like Thomas. I don't know exactly what that refers to or why I put that in my notes. But yeah, there was a part of the movie that I'm like that's Thomas. It obviously didn't look like you, I think. I think I was just being dumb when I wrote that note. In what part? It was right after the claymation. I couldn't tell you exactly what this... There's literally no other context to it. it was, it's between the claymation portion and when the baby comes out of Henry's body. It's between those two moments in the movie. Those are like the only like time markers I have for where the movie is. I, that I put that note in. I, don't, it, I, I hope it wasn't the guy who was going in with the neighbor. That might have been it? I don't know. I think that might have been it. God damn it, Joe. Why am I always being compared to unattractive people? He has a pencil stash. That's kind of He also cool. had like a giant fucking like burner birthmark on his face. Something. He had something. Yeah. That might have been it. That's like the closest thing I can probably relate to. I don't know. I was probably thinking like, that would be funny to put in my notes and bring up on the podcast. And here I am. Doing that. But, no, a really fucking good movie. Yeah. Does anyone have anything else to add? Oh, I mean, I'm sure if we were to keep talking, I could probably think of more stuff, but... Currently, I do not have anything else Okay, what did you give the movie, Joe? Uh, I believe I gave the movie... Give me one second, double-check my score. Thomas, what did you give the movie? Fucking ten. Ten. I love this movie. Uh, I gave it an 8. Joe gave it an 8. And I gave it a 9. So, average is a 9. Pretty epic. Pretty. Alright, the next film is by the Coen Brothers. Came out in 99? Uh, yeah, it came out in 99. Takes place in 91. Takes place in 91. It's about the dude. It's called The Big Lebowski. It's a big It's called the big Alejandro Jodorowsky. No, it's not. It's about Between the Lions, the PBS Kids show. <laughs> All right, Joe, so you haven't seen... Have you seen any of the other Coen Brothers films? You've seen a couple, right? I believe I've seen a couple. Probably seen a... Uh... Oh, did you watch um, the, the Nick Ballad. Cage one? Should've. With me? I should've. Did you watch The Ballad of Buster Scrubs? No. Me neither. It's good. It's very good. Yeah, I need to watch it still. I need I need to watch like ninety percent of their movies because I I feel like I've seen like their core essential movies, but I still feel like I haven't seen like the majority of their movies. I've seen thirty nine percent of them apparently. I've seen four percent. Raising Arizona is the Nick Cage one, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't believe I've seen that. I have not seen Raising Arizona. Here are the ones I'm going to go through the ones I've seen real quick. 
Okay. I've seen No Country for Old Men. I haven't seen that. The Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Inside Lewin Davis. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Hail Caesar. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Burn After Reading. Raising Arizona. The Man Who Wasn't There. Those are the ones I've seen. The other ones that they've made are uh, Fargo. Yep. Fargo. Uh, Blood Simple. Yep. Uh, True Grit. Blood Simple. True Grit. Uh, yeah. Serious Man. Barton Fink. Miller's Crossing. The man. The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, God. What? It's not the man who knew too much. What's that one that has Billy Bob Thornton in it? The man who wasn't there. It's oh, the that man. I watched that. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty. Um, and then they, they also did a shortened uh, Paris Jatame. Hmm. Um, So, if you don't count that, then actually, actually, there's a couple on here that aren't out or maybe will never be out. So I've seen about half of the movies they made. Okay. Yeah, and like I saw the Coen Brothers name on the screen. That like I I guess I haven't seen many of their movies or any at all. But I do remember you know you just you, you haven't seen No Brother Where Art Thou? No. Oh, add it to the agenda. Yeah, like, the whole point of this podcast is that I don't, I haven't seen any movies. Um, but here we are, working of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my days. He's in trouble. God, that movie is... Ah, farewell. All right. So, The Big Lebowski. I actually very much enjoyed this movie. I liked it a lot. With Jeffrey Bridges. With Jeffrey Bridges. With John Goodman. And... John Turturro! And Stevie Buscemi. 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 Um... Again, this was kind of a movie, like, I kind of knew the premise that the dude was just, like, he liked bowling, he liked white Russians, and he was just generally a lazy dude. That was about all I had going into it, uh, apart from Jeff Bridges. I didn't know if Steve Buscemi was in it, I didn't know John Goodman was in it. Um, John Goodman is in a lot of Coen Brothers, Coen Brothers movies. movies. Well, that's good, because I do enjoy John Goodman quite a bit. Like, and uh, Jeff Bridges is in a couple of them. Okay. He's John Turturro's in a couple of them. Also, he's like he's the main character. Yeah. In oh, brother. Uh, he's the main character in Barton Fink. I think. I think it's yeah. him and John Goodman. He's uh, he's Jesus in this. If you didn't know who he was. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I Jesus the Bowler. So, the plot for it is the dude, uh, played by Jeff Bridges, uh, is just kind of minding his own business, and a couple of these loan sharks break into his house and piss on his rug. Which really tied the room together. Really tied the room together. <laughs> uh, I really liked, like, there's a lot of the comedy portions of it that I'm like, okay, these are good, like, you know, like, joke a minute gag type things. But then they, there were moments where they took the jokes a little bit further and I think added a lot to it. Like, at the beginning of the movie, where those guys pee on his rug and the dude just goes, yeah, of course you peed on my rug. It's not like your house broken or anything. Yeah, no, they or call him a loser, and he's like, at least I'm housebroken. Yeah, and there's, I'm like, like, the scene where they're like, where's the money, Lebowski? Well, it's down there somewhere. Yeah. Let me oh, take yeah. another look. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like, there's just a lot of those, like, comedic moments where, like, yeah, what's happening is funny, but then they take the joke just, like, one step further, 
but I never felt like it overstepped its boundaries. She but cut off her toe. She thought she was getting a million dollars. This is not fair. Not fair. Who's the fucking nihilists here? Like, I fucking love this movie. Like, John Goodman's character as Walter, like, uh, was really, really infuriating, but I also just found it really, really funny. Yeah. There's a lot, like, and, like, poor Steve Buscemi. It's uh, Shabbos. I shouldn't even be answering the phone. <laughs> Unless it's an emergency. It is an emergency. Yeah, that's why I'm answering the phone. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, the, the lone, going back to the plot, the lone sharks are hunting for Lebowski, which is apparently this... Uh, Jeff big, Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski. The big Lebowski, as he is known. Um, apparently, he owes his wife, Bunny, owes these people a lot of money. She owes money to a lot of people around the town. And it's... So, Jim Sterling? Is that the name of the guy? she owes money to he, he shows up later in the movie he's the guy yeah, who ends I, up like drugging I think oh yeah. no 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 um it's something Thorn I think uh but I know I know who you're talking about yeah that's who she owes money to I love that scene. Jackie Treehorn Jackie Treehorn that's what it was Jackie Treehorn yeah what the fuck is Jim oh, yeah Julianne Moore's in this movie yep yeah she does a good job <laughs> but China Vagina. This movie is what I like to call a peak white person movie. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Like, you talk to a lot of people and that are white, they'll go, this is my favorite movie. It's a good movie. I, I don't... It's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. it's like, yep, this is white culture. No. It, it very much is like... This movie inspired a movement, like... So one many my, people became friends. the big Lebowski after this movie. One, uh, of, one of my of which, friends is, is, is like favorite movie of this. Yeah, uh, my old roommate Garrett loves this movie, and he embraced the per- personality like full on. He got the bathrobe, he had the sunglasses, he had his hair long. If he could grow a beard, I can guarantee he would have. He That's drank not white a good Russians. Thing. All he, yeah, I mean. He wasn't to the point where he's like, I'm unemployed, but when he People was like... People missed the point. <laughs> yeah, like, it. I understand, like, the appeal to the lifestyle, but also, like, the dude isn't, like, innocent and all of this. He's kind of a piece of shit sometimes. People miss the point of a lot of movies a lot of times. They miss the point of Fight Club all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a movie that encourages you to go out and start a Fight Club with yeah, your friends. It's yeah. fun. It's fine. Beat people up. It's funny. Uh, one of the early funny things that was never really touched on, but I noticed immediately, is that uh, the dude doesn't bowl with socks on. Yeah. And that struck me as both disgusting and hilarious. Also, the milk he bought earlier, uh, like at the beginning of the movie, where, were, where the uh, narrative... The half and half. The half and half. Uh, where... They were introducing the dude uh, with 69 cents. Yeah, that scene has a lot of significance in the movie. It does, yeah. Uh, because this film, is, like I said earlier, it's it's an allegory for the Gulf War. And I'm not going to dive deep into it. I'm not a fucking Gulf War expert. There's a Don't video. <laughs> okay, let me pull out my Gulf War... Uh, there's a video called like the Gulf War Abides on YouTube. I highly recommend like anyone listening... Go check that out. Uh, he will explain a lot of the connections between the movie and story much better than I ever could. But, like, there is all sorts of, like, little nuances. Like, uh, he writes, the film 
takes place in the year 1990 because you 90 see or 91. It, well it start it starts at 90 because you see that speech from uh, George H.W. Bush which apparently aired on the news like in the year 90 and mm-hmm. he's writing that check for 69 cents for like a year ahead of time that way you know hopefully they don't notice that he like marked it up a year and it takes a year for the check to bounce for 69 cents yeah uh and uh the date that he writes on that check is exactly a decade before 9-11. This movie has, because it comments a lot on the Gulf War, which is basically like the predecessor to the Iraq War and 9-11 and all that, uh, it has a lot of like connections to 9-11 that are just like really just like, oh, they they got, like there's a nice little kind of line there. They yeah. do that. What a coincidence. Uh, Jeff Bridges did 9-11. Is, well, that, is that what they imply in the video? No, that's not what they that's imply in the movie. It, it, uh, like, uh, at the very end of the movie, they were talking about, like, uh, uh, Little Lebowski's, like, where he's talking about, like, kind of meant to oh, indicate yeah, yeah. the future generations. Yeah, and, Sam Elliott's like, I'm, I'm bull. And it's like, bull, oh, you think the Gulf War is bad with H.W. Bush? Wait until, uh, the Little Lebowski comes in a few years and, uh, Starts the actual like full on Iraq war, yeah. But uh, it's it's just like a parallel. It's not obviously it wasn't commentary on that exact situation at the time. Seems it hadn't fucking yeah. happened yet. They but, predicted it. They and, knew. I mean they they had a general idea that future generations tend to make the Bad same, decision. if not worse, mistakes than the past. Mm-hmm. Because no one seems to study fucking history at all. What's that? Doesn't matter. History's for suckers. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to go into, like, all the specific examples, but one that I think is really interesting, because I was watching it today, uh, The Big Lebowski, or I guess it was yesterday at this point. Uh, but, uh, and I was like, really good movie, but one of the things that had piqued my curiosity is I'm like, they don't devote a lot of time to the Gulf War stuff, Mm-hmm. it's very like there's that yeah, line at the very beginning in the background kind of thing yeah and then there's like that scene where it shows like Saddam and he's like yeah uh, hanging the shoes and apparently what that is is like uh Saddam's name uh if you emphasize the Dom in his name it means like the enlightened one but uh over here when they would like talk about him on like the news and stuff you're gonna uh, sign him Exactly. They would pronounce, they would emphasize the first part of his name. And apparently that's like a slang term over there for uh, shoe shiner. And it was kind of meant to like, you know, obviously be kind of a fucking jerk at him. Yeah. Yeah. Shoe shiners are cool though, so. Got him. Speaking of like shoe shiners, like that whole like dream sequence, I really liked that entire sequence. You know, like he transitions into it. Uh, the fucking bowling pin hats. Those were fantastic. I love those. Fun fact, the scene where uh, Jeff Bridges is like, obviously, like going under and like looking at all the dresses. <laughs> that was really fun. I remember watching an interview with, uh, I think it was on Conan, but he was talking about like that day on set and his wife and kid were there <laughs> for that specific scene. Do you want to describe the scene a little more? Yeah, there, there's... Hey, the, somebody hasn't watched the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah there, 
uh, well, uh, there's a scene where it's like a dream sequence, and uh, there's a scene where he basically is thrown like a bowling ball, and he's like going underneath all these women with their like legs just open and down like the fucking bowling lane, and he's like on his belly at first, but then he kind of gets this look on his face, and he flips over onto his back, and he looks at all their underwear. Obviously, they were wearing like slips and shit underneath, but. Yeah. Oh, it's just their bear pussy. <laughs> bear plus. Whoa! <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, so I highly recommend watching that video go out. It's like, it's funny, like, I can't really, like, draw, like, a lot of thoughts on the movie just because it's, it, it's very, very straightforward in what it's doing. Yeah, uh. But there's a lot of just great moments, like, I'm looking through, like, I just have, like, I ain't seen London. Like, I just have that in my notes for some reason. Probably because because of London right here. Because of London. Because of London right here. And, like, the pronunciation the narrator did for Los Angeles irritated me. That irritated me. City of Angels. I thought it was funny, but it also just irritated me. There's so many people that pronounce like that. I'm saying that that irritates me. Also, like, the movie, the segment where he's, like, Laying on his floor, I think, right before, uh, what's her name, smacks him in the face. He's just listening to a tape deck of, like, ASMR bowling pin sounds. Uh, yeah. But I don't I think was... we ever finished telling what the movie's about. Oh, yeah, I don't it, think we did. We it's, got totally uh, sidetracked. Yeah. So, Thomas, go movie. through the plot, go. Alright, well, Jeff Bridges gets his rug peed on. Uh, he plans on just... Because he's got a very fuck it attitude, doesn't really care about anything. But his friend Walter kind of uh, gets him going and goes, well, why don't you go and talk to the other Jeff Lebowski and have him buy you a new rug? Because that rug really fucking tied the room together. It really like, tied the room together. He's like, you know what? Yeah. So he goes over to the big Lebowski, uh, the real Jeff Lebowski, or the one who's not the dude. Says, hey, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you're not yeah. dead oh, yet. God. <laughs> Every time I think of Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think of the scene where uh, fucking Bunny is like, I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. And he just does that, like, just like, <laughs> <laughs> <And> like laugh. <laughs> and she's like, but he can't walk. He has to pay a hundred for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that part really got me. I really like that. I don't think he'd like that very much over there. It's okay. He's a nihilist. But it sounds exhausting. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, yeah, but basi- basically, uh, he, yeah, he meets Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, the dude, or the not the dude, the Big Lebowski and Bunny, and uh, the Big Lebowski basically tells him to fuck off. He's not responsible for his rug, and he leaves the room. And he's basically, yeah, a guy told me to take any rug in the place. Takes a rug. That rug had significance. Really popular in Middle Eastern culture. Uh, but anyway, that ties back into that video uh, that I watched. Uh, but. Yeah, so he takes the rug, which eventually leads to the Big Lebowski's daughter uh, coming, punching him in the face, like you said, uh, taking the rug from him. And then uh, all this is going on. Uh, Bunny is supposedly kidnapped. And uh, Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski wants Jeff Bridges, wants Jeff Bridges down. Yeah, to be the like guy who delivers the ransom money. Yeah. And... He fucks it up, obviously. He, fu- he fucks it up and kind of discovers... Walter this. fucks it up. Walter fucks up all Yeah, lot. but he, he fucks, fucks it up, up by, by bringing Walter. Walter. Yeah. 
He should have known better. Walter fucks everything. Walter really does fuck everything up, and it ends up like the dude discovers this giant conspiracy-ish, but wasn't really a conspiracy because Bunny was never kidnapped. She just left. And the Big Lebowski saw this as an opportunity to embezzle money from his charity that he had formed. Yes, because he actually, the you find out later in the film, isn't rich. His daughter gives him, like, an allowance and gives him, like, uh, he gets a certain amount of money for the charity. And he basically wanted to make it look like uh, Jeff Bridges fucked up and lost all that money while he kept it. You mean, wait, no, we had a ringer. No, we had the ringer for the ringer. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, all this and is he just, just wants his rug. He just yeah, wants, he, his, he just wants his fucking it's rug back. The, very, the, the basic thing is that he's just like, he just wanted a rug and he got caught up in this like giant conspiracy. And he mm-hmm. never gets a new fucking rug. Never gets a rug. Yeah. Never is. Loose is not Steve tied Buscemi together. Steve Buscemi dies. Yeah, Steve... <laughs> fucking Steve Buscemi, dude. Like, I feel... Shut the fuck up, Daddy. Like, that was funny, but also, like, man... Poor Steve Buscemi in this role. It's yeah. like, he just gets told to shut the fuck up, and then he has a heart attack and dies. And they, like, fail to spread his ashes properly. Uh, what That's if- what happened with my buddy's uh, dad. That exact thing. Uh, yep. Yeah, we we went to a beach and we tried to spread his ashes, and the wind caught and it went on my legs. Nice. I'm like, sweet. Uh, I we actually watched that movie with that friend, and I immediately told him about things. Like, you're like, hey, look at your dad. Uh, he was like, yeah, that's what happened. He just kind of laughed with us. No, it's it's a fantastic movie. I really liked it. Uh, if I I feel like this is a movie, if I had watched it earlier in my life. It would probably be one of my all-time favorites. Very, It felt very similar to like how I feel about like Spaceballs and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Movies that I have seen too many times since I was a kid and are very ingrained into what I perceive as comedy mm. kind of thing. And I definitely view it as, in that way had I watched that movie earlier on. Now I'm like, it's a damn good movie. It made me laugh a lot. It had a lot of very memorable moments and I see why people loved it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this movie's great. It's just, it, it's got a nice, like, little noir through line, but oh, yeah. it, it, it's kind of about nothing at the yeah. same time as, you know, being an allegory for the, the Gulf War, because that's what I like about this movie, because I found that out today, and I was like, whoa, so much fucking, like, context and new, like, interpretation for the movie, but on top of that, like, I did, I never needed that before, because... It yeah. just, it works as a film. You don't need to know jack shit about the Gulf like, War. It's like how, oh brother, where are thou? It's like a good movie, honestly. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's also, the Odyssey. It's the Odyssey. Also, have you, have you ever heard the story about how they've never read the Odyssey? <laughs> that Which is funny because, like, most people would say that, oh brother, where are thou? is one of the most faithful recreations of the Odyssey. In a lot of ways. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I don't watch a lot of Odyssey adaptations. They're almost them aren't good. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But and they've never read it. They only like know the story through like other context. And I think I that's don't, I don't so blame funny. them. The Odyssey is a fucking. And, but also, like you like, can know the story like pretty easily yeah, just yeah. from growing up. Like I know most of the story of the Odyssey from the Simpsons episode. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, no, the the Odyssey is a fucking heapful. Like that is one dense book, and it's all like fucking like Greek translated poems. So it's just like you read shit, and I I I, I read it in high school, so it's been a fucking while, and I barely knew what the fuck I was reading. I had to like use spark notes for most of it. Uh, I'm sure I'd probably have a easier time reading it now uh, that I'm watched a lot more like abstract things and I'm, I can handle more abstract ideas now. But sorry, I cut off your thoughts on the movie. It's fine. Uh, what was I saying about the movie? You're just talking about well, how it's good on its own. It's good and interesting. Oh yeah, new content uh, that you found. And it's just full of like, just lots of like really like. You could just cut this movie up into, like, individual scenes. And yeah. there are so many just funny moments. There's, like, the bit where they drop the weasel in the bathtub. There. <laughs> Fuck! They just dunk a weasel in there. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, they did that. Ugh. That scene's fucking hilarious. Uh, what else? There, there's, like, the bit where uh, his car is stolen, and they find the homework, and they go, and they... In- they, they interrogate, interrogate Larry. this poor kid, and Walter's Walter's so hung up on him. And then, like the dude's like, it's not happening. And then Mitch is like, yeah, no, it's this kid. He's got the money. Yeah, <laughs> they fucking smash up the nice looking car that ends up being the neighbors. Yeah, Which, as soon as he started doing that, I'm like it's not his. It's yeah, ne- this car doesn't belong to them. But even still, like it was still pretty good. It was a good moment. Uh yeah, no, this, this movie's just fucking hilarious. I love it. It's a, it's a pretty, like, well-written, like, noir movie, even though it doesn't really, like, have a big resolution. Like, it kind of just fizzles out with the noir, yeah. but that's right around, like, the end point of the film anyway. And Sam Elliott just kind of does a weird monologue. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm a nobody bow. He's like, didn't like seeing Donnie go. And it just completely, like, shatters. Shatters everything. Ugh. This movie's great. I fucking love this movie. You haven't talked about the film all too much for me. I've talked about it a bit. Uh, my final thoughts are that I, uh, I used to really love this movie. On a rewatch, I thought it was still pretty good. I, I definitely, uh, it's probably one of my... I love the Coen... From all the movies that I've seen by the Coen brothers, I've, like, really, really enjoyed, like, almost all of them. Mm. But this is probably one of my least favorites. Like, I, I still really enjoyed it. But it's probably on the lower bracket. Uh, which is funny, the other one that's, like, one of the lower brackets is uh, Raising Arizona with Nick Cage. I thought that was really good, but not nearly as good as some of their other works. Those are uh, two of my favorites. Got them. I, but I, I really enjoyed both of them. I just, like, I don't know. Some of the dialogue is just a little... Some of the jokes uh, feel a little too long-winded. I thought Walter as a character was good and, like, infuriating in the right degrees, but also I think it lended a little too much screen time to him at points. And, like, I, I thought Donnie was just kind of... There? There. Like, a throwaway character. That video... That I'm talking about talks. He's the goal. Well, uh, no. Uh, the the comparison that they make is like uh, that Walter is like the extremist right, uh, and then Donnie's the centrist. The dude. No, Donnie's not the centrist. Uh, there's like the extreme right, 
there's the really liberal side from, uh, like, the dude. And then Donnie stands for, like, the majority of people who, like, have no idea on, like, what's going on. They don't, like, study the facts. They don't yeah. do anything. That He's out of his element. And whenever they do try to enter, like, be like, hey, excuse me, I have this idea on this thing. And, like, normally someone, normally... One side tells him to shut the yeah, fuck up. Shut the fuck up! And then... When shit goes down due to these, like, two, mm-hmm. the people who get fucked are the, the people who had no say and yeah. no idea what was even going on. Yeah. Which I can also get, but mm-hmm. the same But, time. yeah. It, it, if, without the context yeah. of, like, Even, that, like, with the context, it should still be, it should still work in the Every movie. shirt he wears has a different name on it, by the way. Oh. Yeah. But... Yeah, I still really enjoyed the movie. Uh, fun fact, John Turturro's been working on a sequel for a while. Or a spin-off. Uh, yeah, I... About his character. I heard that. I don't... Um, I don't like that idea on paper, and I, I probably won't like the execution if I had to guess, but... Yeah, but I don't watch know if he's directed other shot. films. Yeah, I... I, I, I I don't know if he Like, I'm open to a new movie. I'm yeah. Just, uh, I'm just like, that's a weird choice, but... Yeah, Big Lebowski is one of those movies where it's like, yeah, I don't think this movie ever needs any sort of sequel. But that's... also, I really hate how much it's quoted. Like people say, good. "Shut the fuck up, Donnie," so much. I mean, if they say yeah, like out of context long. shit like that, I could see it. Like that's all my high school life was. People, actually, that's all my life is. People just saying quotes out of context just because they think it's cool. I'm like, ah. But if they got a uh, I think Lebowski's got some relatable quotes. If they can, if they can work one in there organically, yeah, but they never do. Well, no yeah. one ever works in quotes organically. There's like, <laughs> you ever seen a Shrek? <laughs> <laughs> layers, ogres have layers. Uh. So like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're talking about the Big Lebowski here, Jeff. What the fuck? I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired. Joe, what'd you give the film? Give it a nine. Really Comics, what'd you give the film? Probably like an 8. Maybe a 7. I gave, I gave it a 7. So if Thomas gave it an 8, it's an 8. If he gave it a 7, it's not. So we'll say it's about an 8. <laughs> yeah. Alright. We did it, team. We finished the first Boyle Agenda. Woo! Say goodbye to Joe, everybody. No. They're going to take me out back and shoot me in the head. Yeah, he'll this, be back this... in seven years, though, or whenever we decide to do another Boyle Agenda. Probably in like prob- a month. Probably never. They're never. You guys are never going to have me on again. You you told me that this is a one-and-done thing because I'm not able to make the payments, right? Well, yeah, next guy, time. Because I had to pay to be here. Yeah, just next time bring us 50 bucks. Or oral sets. For who? I don't want it. I'm giving Thomas fuck me eyes right now. Okay. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Alright, what's your your classic pick? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Alejandro Jodorowsky film. Thank- Oh, I was just- This entire, like, last week- I know which one I'm picking? No, but this entire last week I'm like, I want to watch another one of his movies. So, I'm excited. I was thinking about Santa Sangre, but I've seen that one. So, I'm picking the one I haven't seen- like that's out of the big three that he's done, which is El Topo. Oh, good. That's that's the one I would have most like 
Just where he's a cowboy. Uh, I don't remember what your answer was. What What do you prefer, art or honesty? Oh, fucking. Uh, in this context, we'll go with art. Okay, my modern choice is art and craft, I think is the film. Art, art and craft? Art and craft. It might be arts and craft, I don't know. It's uh, from 2014. It's a documentary. Is it dumb? No, I... I mean, a little bit, but not like the movie, just kind of what happens in the movie. Have you seen this before? Yes. What the fuck? Why are we watching something you've seen? Because it's good. That's dumb. You're dumb. Art and craft, okay. I watched it in like high school, and I want to watch it again. So, let's check real quick where you can see these films if you are watching at home. Art and craft is available on apparently it's on imdb tv <laughs> it's also on canopy if you have it uh, canopy is a free streaming service if you have a library card or you are a student at a college uh, it might have a good selection sometimes it doesn't it depends on your library but you should sign up because it's free also hoopla same deal uh, some libraries that have canopy some have hoopla so whichever you have you should check it out because they're free and they're dope and then or you can always buy it, or you can, uh, you know, go to the local store and steal it. Just kidding, don't do that. Let's yeah, you see. can go the tortilla route. And then El Topo is not available for streaming anywhere. So good luck. Find it. Watch it. Live it. Love it. Alejandro Jodorowsky. Anyway, my name's London. I'm Thomas. I'm Guest Star Egg. Yeah. So, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to tell your grandma. And, uh, yeah. Bye. Adios. Deuces.